I grew up in church, I was baptized, and I called myself a Christian. But what does that mean to you? In retrospect, I was saved. I did begin a relationship with God at a young age, but I never grew my relationship with God. I read devotions, sometimes the Bible, and I did pray, though not regularly. My Christianity was more religion than relationship, and I'm not sure I recognized that until Monica died. In grief, I could not see a future or any kind of life beyond my sorrow. That came with questioning and anger. But what I saw in Monica's sickness, that was not religion, and it changed the worst days of her life to where she told people she was getting stronger as her physical body became weaker. So after four decades of religion, I began growing a relationship with God. I'll show you how to tell if you have more religion than relationship. I'll share the power that comes with relationship because it's so important to your grief journey. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith, and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on in the house and join me on the couch. I'm Steph, and this is Grief to Great Day. Thank you for being here. I hope you always feel welcomed and heard through this podcast. Hello to everyone listening in the Bahamas, our spotlight country. And in the U.S., Florida is the state with the most downloads this week. Grief to Great Day is downloaded in over 90 countries now. This tells me that there is a need to talk about grief and that it is felt throughout the world. So whatever country or state you are in, you're not alone as you walk through this thing called grief. I know there are new listeners each week, and if that is you, I want to welcome you to the podcast you never wanted to need. I'm glad you're here because it tells me that you're taking steps towards your healing. Now, for you new listeners, if you hear me talk about Monica, her faith, or her death, and you need some background, just go to my website, grief the number two greatday.com and click on the book tab to see more about her faith journey through the last six months. They were unreal. Her faith was crazy and her death changed me. She is the reason that you're listening to me today. In this podcast, we talk about understanding grief. It's not just about being sad, how to get through the day and growing your faith even if you don't want to talk to God right now. So if you're just starting your journey, hear me clearly. It is not always going to be like this. Your today is not your forever. It's important for you to hear that often. You're not going to stop missing your loved one ever, but 
you will be able to breathe, to laugh, and to live again. Going back in time a little bit, I grew up in a rural part of Anne Arundel County, Maryland. I've shared a bit about my (laughs) difficult family life, growing up with a mother who was mentally ill, but I don't think I've shared details of the outside environment of where I grew up. I've never missed the house I grew up in, but I have missed the physical location. It could not have been any better. We were about 20 minutes from Annapolis, where I was born, and about 45 minutes from D.C., where most of my school field trips (laughs) were. I lived on a road called Mozart Terrace, named by my aunt, uncle, and my mother. As you can tell, they were German. Both families lived off that same dirt road, so they were able to name it. There were fields full of corn, and sometimes it was tobacco. There were dirt paths, thick woods, and creeks to cross. Sometimes we would jump over the narrow parts, and sometimes we would use the tree that fell across them. We saw a vine hanging from a tree and would never even think twice about swinging to the other side. There were tadpoles, frogs, and other critters that you just really get an appreciation for growing up like that. My aunt, uncle, and cousin lived next door, though she wasn't really my aunt. She was a first cousin, but much older than we were. On the other side of our house, there was a multi-generational home beyond one of the fields. This home had no running water, so we were constantly drinking that incredible well water, and they had no indoor bathroom, so I learned what an outhouse was. Behind our house and across another field lived a family with two girls, Ginger and Kathy. Their house was one of my first safe havens. They had a huge hill that we would sled down in the winters, and their parents would come out and bring us hot chocolate and join the fun. For a few years, my dad had put up one of those above-ground pools, and each morning in the summer, Ginger and Kathy would walk from their house to ours, and we would see them in their bathing suits, towels over their shoulders, cresting a hill to come and swim with us. Ginger was a little younger than me, and Kathy was the little sister that she always brought. Ginger and I became really good friends over the years, And though we missed a lot of the adult years with me moving away and her having a family, we can still pick up and talk about life like it was yesterday. So two years ago, when I heard that Kathy, who became a teacher and a missionary, was diagnosed with cancer, I reached back out to Ginger. Kathy was able to come back to the States from Guatemala, where she was, and Ginger took care of her. The little sister, who came across the field each summer, died at the age of 50 in 2021. Until then, I didn't really know about her life and what she had done, but I watched the service online due to COVID restrictions, and I was astounded at the impact she made in children's lives for Christ. Then I read her blog titled, Learned Along the Way. And the reason I tell you all of this is because I don't know a better way to share the beginning of this four-part series on From Cousin Jesus to Abba Father than to read you her first blog. This is how she introduced it. It is a universally accepted truth that know-it-alls are a pain in the patootie. Is that how you spell patootie? I have no desire to be a know-it-all since the cold hard fact is that I'm finding I know less and less as I get older and older. But there are a few things I do know for sure. And there are a few lessons I have learned 
as I traveled along the way. So that is the purpose of this blog, to share what God is teaching me as I follow him. Because that is one of the things I do know for sure, that there is a living, personal, most high God who exists and is in charge of my life. I also know for sure that he has revealed himself on the pages of the Bible. So everything that I write in this blog will start there. And if something I have learned along the way blesses you, then thank him. Blessings, Kathy. Now I'm going to read the blog and please listen to hear about what relationship with God sounds like. This is important to you because if you begin walking through grief, aka the hardest moments of your life with religion, like I did, you're going to wear yourself out with questioning. If you walk through it in relationship with God, you will still hurt like you never have, but you're also going to have hope or confidence in the fact that God is right there and he still has a plan for you, including true healing. Okay, so here's her blog. These are Kathy's words, and the title of this one is called The Day Before. The Day Before. In my quiet time, I'm currently in Exodus and the life of Moses. This morning he met God at the bush that was on fire but not burning up. It had been 40 years since Moses killed the Egyptian slave master and had to flee for his life. It had been 40 years of an entirely different life, from palace to nomad, from prince to shepherd, from a life of privilege to a life of toil. I am sure that Moses thought his life was going to stay that way until he died. But God had other plans. Those thoughts led me to writing this in my journal today. I hope it encourages you. The day before you showed up in a burning bush, Moses had done the same thing he did for 40 years, kept sheep in the wilderness. The day before David was anointed to be the next king of Israel, he was just a boy out in the fields tending the sheep. The day before he killed Goliath, he was just the kid brother sent by his father to check on the older boys at war. The day before Mary found out that she was to be the mother of God, she was just a girl dreaming of her new life with her fiancé. The day before you healed the lepers, the lame, and the blind, they had been in the same state that they had been in for days, months, years. Outcast, crippled, disabled, other. The day before you were crucified, the disciples thought it was going to be another Passover like the decade of Passovers they had celebrated before. The day before you rose, the disciples were grief-stricken and shocked, just as they had been since Thursday night. The day before you return will be just like any other, shopping, eating, drinking, working out, going to work, and then it will be all over. You are the God of surprise and the miraculous intervention. When your time is right, nothing can stop the forward movement of what you intend to do. Your plans cannot be thwarted. The question is, Am I on board with you, in step with you, careful to obey, careful to follow, letting your spirit guide my life, letting your word be the bottom line by which I live? Because I have the freedom to make the choice to not follow, not believe, not love, not seek you. The day before David seduced Bathsheba, he was a bored king in an empty palace because he had sent men to war instead of going himself. The day before Cain killed Abel, he was a jealous older brother 
bothered by the fact that God had not accepted his offering. The day before Moses struck the rock, instead of speaking to it, he was a weary leader, frustrated by the constant unbelief and complaining of his people. The day before Peter denied ever knowing Jesus, he was a cocky, self-assured man, certain of his own faithfulness. The day before Aaron made the golden calf for the people to worship, he was a worried older brother, wondering what was taking Moses so long on the mountain. So today may be an ordinary day, but it is a day where I must choose one way or the other. Do I live today full out for you, expectant about the ways you're going to work, fully trusting you, eager to obey? Do I live today saturated in your word and prayer so that I will know the lies of the enemies when I hear them? Do I live today with my eyes and ears wide open to the spiritual realities around me, knowing that everything, politics, race relations, the weather, all of my relationships, they are all spiritual battles first before they are anything else? Do I live today committed to obedience, to keeping short accounts with you? Or do I live today in apathy, not praying because I haven't seen you move recently, not believing because what I need feels impossible, not trusting because I'm allowing sin to have free reign, worrying because I don't believe you are in control, allowing my emotions to run the day rather than the truth, following my heart rather than your word, feeding a bad attitude because of an injustice rather than forgiving as you forgave, believing I know better than you do for what is best in my life, dragging my feet in obedience or rushing ahead of you because you seem not to be listening. Because today, it's the day before. Before what? I don't know. It could be the day before I blow it big because I yield to temptation. Or it could be the day before you show up in an extraordinary way, answering a deep cry of my heart. It could be the day before you return. Or it could be the day before someone I love chooses to trust you with their eternity because I shared your love with them. So how will I live this ordinary day? Because after all, it is the day before. And that's the end of that blog. Kathy was a gifted writer, as you can tell. So the question here is, isn't it time we stop treating God as a distant cousin and build a relationship where God becomes our Abba Father? The word of the week is, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will choose to fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 23, 4. You know, it may not feel like it right now, but if your hope, your certainty is founded in God, there will be joy again, and you will have purpose in the life you are rebuilding. I know you don't want to be here. And I know you did not plan for life to be like this, but truth and love alert. Life is now different, but it can be good. Every day is important. Every day is a fork in the road because every day, it is the day before. Listen to this podcast again if you need reminding of the day before. Because each day, you are planting seeds and you are preparing the fields of your life. By listening to this episode, it tells me 
you are doing the work of grief. And I know that's not easy. If you're ready to take another step towards healing, there are more resources on my website. Grief, the number two, great day. And if you don't have a church home, visit my church, opendoorchurch.com. Links to everything you need are in the show notes. In the meantime, remember who holds your future and know that you're not alone. Keep on coming back to the house, keep sitting on the couch, and keep taking those steps in your day before towards your healing. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.